2. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to our text this morning in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs chapter 17. It has been said that, um, I believe it was Billy Graham that said dads are some of the most underrated, underappreciated people in our society. We went through a time when it was treated as if dads were unimportant. Fortunately, uh, we are having a resurgence and understanding. Um, the bad news is, is that the, the impact of the absence of dads has had a tremendous impact on our society. The good news is, is it's starting to wake some folks up to the importance of fathers, and it's all part of God's design. God knew what he was doing when he designed uh, the family. And when we come together on Father's Day, uh, sometimes, you know, we usually hear um, children are our pride and joy, and, and we often think that dads uh, don't always get the appreciation, the recognition that they deserve. And I don't just say that as a, as a, a dad myself, but I say that as it sort of just sort of comes with the role. It comes with being a part of it. Dads are more known these days for dad jokes and I'm not going to regale you with any corny jokes this morning to prove that point, but you sort of know what I'm talking about. There's, there's this idea that goes along with that. But dads are to be honored. The scripture tells us, and our text will tell us this morning, that there is something special in the honor that a child has, particularly for their father. In Proverbs chapter 17, I want you to see in verse 6, children's children are the crown of old men. And not just old men, but um, elderly ladies as well. I tried not to say old women. So, <laughs> oh, the, those who are older, all you have to do is be around a grandparent for a short time and you understand how their children's children, their grandchildren are part of their honor. They are proud of those grandchildren. But notice the second part of this verse. The glory of children are their fathers. The glory of children are their fathers. I think that's a powerful, powerful truth. There's a lot of things packed into that one little phrase, and we'll look at at least one of those this morning. But on a day when sometimes we we come to church and dads get to hear 17 reasons why you're a bad dad um, and all sorts of things like that, I want to do a couple of things this morning looking at this text. I want want, uh, us to understand the the honor and the pride that we can take in our fathers, the glory that we can take in our fathers. Not all fathers are equal, are worthy of equal admiration. We understand that. There are those who, when they think about honoring their father, uh, they had such a terrible experience with their dad that that's just not even on their radar. There are others that their, their father is taken away by, because we live in a sinful world and maybe dad made some sinful choices and and departed and left the family. And then there's others that their father's been taken away by death. And there's a whole host of reasons why this day can bring mixed emotions. But we honor what is honorable. And we honor the honorable things about our fathers, understanding that at their best, dads are imperfect. We understand that even when we get things right, we don't get it as right as we'd like to get it. I suspect most of us dads this morning, the deepest the deepest sense of failure that we would probably have are the times that we fail as a dad because you love, those that you love the most are your family. And you look back and you think, man, I could have done that better. I could have said that better. I shouldn't have said that. I should have said this. 
My timing wasn't as perfect as the dads in those videos. I wonder how many times those kids, you know, if we showed the videos of the kids that didn't get rescued, the dad missed. That wouldn't be quite as funny. But we understand that we, we don't always get it right. Well, it would be funny for some of you. Pastor James is over here chuckling because it would be funny for some of us because some of us find humor in people falling on their face, but not kids. We don't laugh at kids. <laughs> but dads are not always, we're not perfect. We get that. But there are things that can be honored. And there are things that can be the glory of fathers. Fathers sometimes take a take a punch even on father's day i heard about a father that had five kids and he finally figured out that if he was going to get any father's day present he was going to have to finance it himself and so he gave a twenty dollar bill to each of his children to purchase him a father's day present but apparently he had raised some pretty shrewd kids because they went out and bought a pair a pack of underwear for ten bucks opened it up split it up each one of them gave him one pair of underwear he had five pair of underwear, and they had $90. Hopefully that's not your experience. This, Of course, in this day and time, I'm wondering where they get a pack of underwear for 10 bucks, but that's a whole other. Some have bought into the, the myth that raising kids is a mom's responsibility. That's a relatively new understanding. Traditionally, biblically, it is important for dads to be involved in the lives of their children, to invest time and to be involved. We can see in this text the honor of fathers, the glory of children is their fathers. We can see the responsibility of children. Even the word children here is not just their offspring, but it is those who carry on the, the tradition of the family. It's a part of, it's a, it's a responsibility to honor their parents, to honor their fathers and their mothers as well, but particularly on this day, their fathers. The glory of children is their fathers. How, do, how, does, how does that happen? Well, the Bible's clear about several things, that, par- that children are to honor their father. Exodus 20 and verse 12, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. They're to obey, Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. They're to follow in their steps. They're to follow their godly teaching. Third John, John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. And so there's responsibility here for those, not just those who are of age children, but all of us who have parents, to honor them, to obey and to respect to follow their godly instruction. As we look at this passage, I want you to see the key, what I believe is the key point of this, and focus on a biblical or a God's, God's design for fatherhood. What did God intend the role of the father to be? Now let me just quickly give you three thoughts about the, the role of a father and, and biblical fatherhood. First of all, biblical fatherhood, dads, is a God-given task. And we talk a lot about the call on our life, and certainly I have experienced the call to preach and more specifically the call to pastor, but there is a call on each dad's life. That role is a God-given role. It's a special role. It's a special privilege to have a life that you help bring into this world to pour into and to influence. And dads, 
moms have a, a strong place of influence and, and control over a child's life, but so does dad. Dad has a, a golden opportunity to pour into his children's life. It's not only a God-given task, but biblical fatherhood focuses on the heart. It focuses on the heart. How do we understand that? It focuses on the heart because it's not just about outward conforming. It's not about behavioral modification. Most parents, let's be honest, most of us are glad if our kids behave in public. We're just glad. You know, we're not really concerned about whether they did it for the right reason. You get in the right circumstances and all you can care about is, are they behaving? And let me just say, for those of you who have forgotten what it's like to have small children, maybe it's been a while, maybe you don't remember what your kids were like, and maybe you had perfect kids, maybe that's a possibility. Probably not, but maybe it's a possibility. Don't be quick to judge the behavior of other people's children. Can I get an amen from some of the... I heard some kids say an amen in that. If you're old enough to say amen to that, I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. You know, you always say, my kids will never do that. My kids will never act. Did you ever say that before you had kids? I love what Alistair Begg said. He said, when I first started, I had, I had a dozen theories and no kids. And now he said, I've got half a dozen kids and I've got no theories about parenting whatsoever. And most of us dads would say that. You know, there was a time, oh, my kids will never do that. Or I'll never say that to my kids. Do you ever think that when your dad said that to you? I remember things that my dad would say, and I would either get humorous visions in my head, and then I would laugh and get in bigger trouble. Or I would say, man, that's just the craziest thing I've ever heard. I will never say that. And then my child would do something, one of my sons would do something, and you know what? The first thing that came out of my mouth was exactly what I said, I will never say. So we, we understand that dads, we tend to focus sometimes on the outside. We lay down the law and we don't care about the heart. We care about are they conforming on the outside. But biblical fatherhood looks at the heart. And then biblical fatherhood relies on grace. Biblical fatherhood understands that the only way the heart is going to be changed is by a work of grace in their hearts. And we make rules and we set boundaries and we care because we do care. The same reason our Heavenly Father sets boundaries for us is because He loves us and He cares about us. So we set some boundaries, but we understand that just staying inside those boundaries isn't changing their heart. And so it takes the grace of God at work in their heart to change them. And that's the deepest thing that we work for as fathers. So I want you to see some things quickly this morning in the scriptures of how God enlightens us about our heavenly father by some characteristics of our earthly fathers. The first that we would see would be that the Bible tells us that a father is one who shares wisdom. A father is one who shares wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8 he says, hear the instruction of your father. You can go through the book of Proverbs and see time after time where he says, you'll see the phrase, my son, my son, hear this of the father. It's an important truth that fathers share wisdom with us. Now, let's be honest, when we're young, we don't usually want to hear the wisdom that our fathers have to share with us. We don't really think it's all that wise, but we learn over time the wisdom of our fathers, the things that they say to us, the things that they teach us. 
Sometimes they teach us about they teach us about things of life. They teach us to hunt. They teach us to fish. They teach us, teach us to change the oil on a car. They teach us how to um, get lids off of jars. And they teach us all those sorts of things. I asked some friends one time some things that their fathers had said to them that they remembered. One said, speaking of practical wisdom for life, about your behavior. Listen to this. This is really pretty profound. Don't be foolish just because you know how to. Just because you know how to act like a fool don't mean you have to act like one. What about buying things? Someone, one dad said, if you don't need it, don't buy it. Boy, there's a lot of us probably could practice that wisdom, couldn't we? That got real quiet. Maybe I need to repeat that one. Never buy anything that eats was one dad's counsel. <laughs> Clearly, he wasn't including children in that because... You don't really buy a child, but you certainly pay for them for the rest of their life, don't you? Attitude. The difference is always attitude. If it is to be, it is up to me. I love these about education. Don't let your studies interfere with your education. And this is one of my all-time favorites. It's a good old country saying, the second time you get kicked in the head by a mule, it's not a learning experience. <laughs> I'm sure most of us can probably... Maybe our dads said some similar things, but they spoke wisdom into our lives. Above all, when they spoke some spiritual, godly wisdom into our lives. What a great privilege, dads, we have to speak spiritual truth into our children's lives. We think, oh, they're not listening. But most of us who are adults today can remember things that our dads said to us years ago, and it stuck they probably thought they had to say it a hundred times, and we may have felt like they said it a hundred times, but it stuck in our minds. So what a great opportunity we have to speak godly wisdom into their hearts and into their minds. The Bible also tells us that a father is one that, that demonstrates love. Psalm 103, verse 13, As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those that fear him. Don't think of the word pity in the way we use it these days of, well, I don't want your pity. It means a sort of a condescending kind of attitude. It's a love and compassion because we understand the weakness of an individual. Our Heavenly Father pities us. He cares about us. Whatever you're going through this morning, let me tell you that your Heavenly Father knows exactly what you are going through. He has not forgotten you. He is aware of it. He knows what's going on. And his rescue may be as timely as one of the dads in that video, but his, his time will come. And he's always right on time. He's never too early and he's never too late. He's always right on time. Our Heavenly Father pities us. And he compares that to the compassion that a father has for his child. Now let me tell you that dads are not going to express love in the same way that moms do, and you shouldn't expect it. Dads have their own way of doing that. Sometimes dads express love by harassing their children. And that's the way they, that's their love language. Sometimes, sometimes it's uh, a little, uh, an arm, arm around the shoulder rather than a hug, or maybe it's a pat on the back. Or we may not let dad express his love, but dads, we need to express love to our children because our Heavenly Father, is an expre he expresses his love to us. As a father has compassion, 
has love for his children, so the Heavenly Father loves his children. Aren't you glad that God loves us and cares about us? And what a great opportunity that we have to express that. Dads, some of you will never stand up here and preach a sermon. You'll never write a book about great truth from the Bible. But you have the opportunity to preach the most powerful sermon into your children's life by demonstrating your love for them and letting them see God's love through you. Dad demonstrates God's love. He also patterns integrity. Proverbs eleven twenty eight says, Remove not the ancient landmarks which your fathers have set up. Now, there's a lot of ways that verse is interpreted and taken and used. But what it basically means is, is that the fathers before them had set up some boundaries and some things and put in place to mark property lines so that there was character, there was integrity, that there was honesty, that there was, here's some boundaries. We want to be fair. We want to be right about this. I'm not going to take your property. I'm going to set a boundary here so that I won't cross over this boundary. We need fathers and we have fathers who demonstrate integrity whose word is their bond, whose character speaks for something, who, whose character means something. I remember a, a man some years ago that I knew of, and um, he sold a piece of property, and he sold it without a contract. He's, now, I'm not recommending this for everyone, but in this particular situation, he simply shook hands with the individual. And someone asked the purchaser later, how could you do that? He said, because that man's word meant something. When he said he gave you his word, it meant something. And it was his integrity. I'm thankful for the integrity of our fathers who have lived lives of example. And they may not be famous, but you could count on their character. But let me tell you that God is more interested. God's not looking for famous Christians. He's not looking for famous dads. He's looking for faithful dads. He's looking for those who have lives of integrity. There's a great story uh, by Pastor uh, Bruce Lockerbie, a Christian author. Some years ago, he traveled back to his old home place where his family had lived. His grandfather had lived there. His father had lived there. And they had been, it had been some 20 years since his grandfather had passed. And he stopped and he asked one of the local neighbors for some directions. They gave the directions and he thanked them. And he, they said, oh, that's no problem. We remember your father. We remember the testimony. We remember the character of your father. And it meant something. The lives of integrity. Thank God for lives from dads that may not be flashy. And they may not dress as fashionable as the kids would like. And they may not say things as cool as the kids would like. And they may not be the ones that everybody thinks, man, that's the cool dad. He's the, he's the one that really stands out. But he is faithful in his life. And his life of integrity means something. And it not only is a testimony, it is a transforming effect in the life of his children. Dad, you may feel like nobody recognizes your life of integrity, that you're trying to do what's right, and you're trying to work hard, and you're trying to be honest. Let me tell you, it is going to have a tremendous impact on the lives of your children because of the integrity that is shown. And all of this brings us to really what is the key truth of this passage, as with the Passages in the Old Testament, who does it point us to? It points us to our Heavenly Father. It points us to God. God's design for fatherhood is that you model our Heavenly Father. The verse in Psalm said, As a father, 
so also the Lord. Children's impression of God as their father often come from their earthly father. Sometimes that's not a good thing. But let me just say this to you. As you look at your father's life and you seek to honor his integrity and his love, however that was expressed, and his wisdom that he passed along to you, you know what that points you to? That points you to the ultimate source of wisdom and love and holy integrity that there is. It points you to a heavenly father in its imperfect form. Wait a minute, preacher. My dad's not perfect. No, none of us are. But do you know that apart from the word of God and apart from Jesus Christ, there are no perfect expressions of God's truth? This sermon, as wonderful and as good as it is, <laughs> it's not perfect. In fact, it's far from it. You share the gospel. Any of you ever shared the gospel in a perfect way? No. We, our expressions of truth are not perfect, so don't kick Dad to the curb simply because he's imperfect. Understand that in the imperfect expression, in the shadowy expression of our lives, we are pointing to an ultimate light and an ultimate reality. We are mere shadows of the great and perfect Father that is in heaven. And the wisdom that comes, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally, generously, and upbraideth not. Our wisdom comes from God ultimately. And the love that comes from the Father, as a father pities his children, the Lord loves. He is, Isaiah 9, chapter 9 and verse 6 says, He is an everlasting Father. And all these things point us to Him. And the holy integrity of God's nature. Psalm 65 and verse 5 said, He is a father to the fatherless. The best qualities of our earthly father. Listen to me carefully the best qualities of our earthly fathers point us to the greater perfection of our heavenly father. So when you look at dad and you hear some wisdom and you think, well, that's pretty wise, and then dad says something else and you think, oh, that doesn't seem quite so wise. His imperfect wisdom should point you to the father's perfect wisdom. And when dad doesn't quite express love like you think he ought to or you wish dad would have expressed love and dad was maybe, maybe dad didn't receive love when he was a child and so it's hard for him to express it. And you think, man, I wish dad would have put his arm around me or he would have said something to me. Let that, let his expression, imperfect though it may be, his expression of love point you to the perfect expression of love in the father. Because it is in the actions of our earthly fathers, imperfect though they may be, that we see the perfections of our Heavenly Father. And there are times when we stumble and we fall and we desperately need our Heavenly Father to come along.